morning. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for tuning in on this Friday morning. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Naomi Nachum and I'm about all the food all the time. I love food. I love shopping for it, cooking it, eating at restaurants, anything food, food related. I'm a kosher personal chef. I give cooking classes. I run chop competitions. I have a cookbook perk for perfect for Pesach and yes Pesach is coming so grab those Pesach books uh, right now from Amazon or your local Judaica stores shameless unplugging of the book Um, so I hope you'll tune in each week and hear about my exciting food adventures my kosher food traveling and sharing great ideas and recipes with my awesome guests Um, I want to hear about your experiences too so email me Naomi at NachumSiegel.com I love getting emails from you I love it Thank you so much. I love when Judy, I love when you tag me, when you made something. I love hearing about everything from all my um, listeners. So thank you so much. Okay, we have a great, great, great lineup. If you are watching on a Nachum Siegel YouTube channel called Nachum Siegel Net on YouTube, you will see in front of me a piled high desk of chalas and granolas and cookbooks. Because today we have two amazing ladies. I'm a big fan of supporting women in business and, and friends and meeting people. I'm the ultimate networker. And so I have met recently through networking and through schmoozing and, and um, you know, just, just being me. I met two extraordinary ladies, uh, Rocky Pinson, Rebbits and Rocky Pinson. You get your Rebbitson title in there. Or, or it can just be Rocky <laughs> Oh, she can be Rocky, Wherever. but Kavod. We're friends here. Kavod Harabanit. <laughs> Um, to uh, Rocky Pinson, the cookbook author of Rising, the Book of Challah. Extraordinary. We'll talk to Rocky in a minute. And then I have – wait, where's my – I know, Amy Turner, but I, I'm looking for my – there we go. There's my notes, the second page. I have Amy Turner, Granola Chick. We met at Kosher Feast. Feast. Feast and then fest and then fest. fest. Um, But really I met she, not she herself, but um, Amy's product turns up at my doorstep one day. And my girls, I have a house full of girls and everyone is really, really healthy in my house. Like my daughters are very health conscious. And I'm like, girls, we got granola. And they were like digging into it. I'm like, don't take it. Don't eat it till I photograph it. They know no one's allowed to bring anything to the table. We'll start eating from the table unless it's being photographed, even dinner. I'm sorry. We're just, that's the way we roll. And so we met and her product is amazing. And, and I said, you got to, we got to have you on the show. So we have finally, we finally got it together and, and got everyone into the studio and, and we're going to have a great one hour show of chit chat, kosher, more kosher chit chat right here on the Nakam Siegel Network. Okay. I'd like to welcome Rocky Pinson uh, to the show. Hi, Rocky. Hi, Naomi. It's great to be here. I know we finally got it coordinated. Yes. <laughs> you would think we were like the president of the United States or something. Yeah, we're the president. Till we get till we get to sit down together. Right. She's the president of challah baking, let yes. me tell you. Well, we all we're all the president of something, I think. Right. So you yeah. get to own that title, challah yes. baker extraordinaire. Oh. Okay. Well, you'll taste my challah. You'll let I me will. Know. I've I've already, guys, I already washed. As soon as Rocky walked in, I took the bread baskets <laughs> off my hand. I washed. People tend to do that when I walk in the door. They just go wash. They go wash. They see they see the bread and they like run. They're like, we see her. Bread is coming. We better be prepared. I'm lashing on a pretzel challah. Okay. Welcome, Rocky. Um, Thank you. So let's talk about you as a child. Were you a big challah baker even as a kid? Oh, my gosh. No, I never walked into the kitchen. I didn't know what went on in a kitchen. Um in my book, I talk about the story of how I started this whole challah baking thing. And when I was a newlywed, my husband and I traveled to Kobe, Japan, to lead the Jewish community there for a um, for a Tishrei, a high holiday season. Okay. So my husband had done a lot of traveling is in the Far like East. Kobe, like Kobe beef. Um, yes, it is Kobe, like Kobe beef. Okay. That's where they raise the cows that get the are very title expensive of Kobe. and delicious. Right. Right? Have you been there? Oh, I lived there. You lived in Kobe? Wait, you have oh my gosh, that's amazing. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> Did you just see our faces? Okay. <laughs> that's crazy. Well, I only spent a month there, but it was very, it was a big learning experience. And that's where I learned to bake challah, believe it or not. Because I arrived a few days before Rosh Hashanah. And, you know, I was, 
Um, well, I didn't know that. And then we're speaking with the president of the shul. Oh, I thought you meant of Japan. And, oh, yeah, sure. Well, that came next, you know, of course. Um, and I'm like, you know, all innocent. And so where are we going to go get the food for Yom Tif and the challah? And he's like, oh, no, in Kobe, the Rebetzin makes the challah. And I was like, oh, I'm the Rebetzin. I was all of like 22. I had no clue. I never walked into a kitchen. I really did not. And it was two days to Chag. It was two days to Rosh Hashanah. How, many, how much challah did you have to make? I had to make about 50 challahs. Okay, so, now yeah. that's nothing. Right. Now that's like I could do that in my sleep. Then that was a tremendous challenge. I mean, the bags of flour there don't even look like flour. Like nothing was familiar. And I had never done this before. So it was panic. But I work very well under pressure. Okay, so good. this is my general mode. So that was the best learning experience for me. So I did it. You know, I just got to work in that big shul kitchen. And I made, you know, five batches of five pounds. I have a question. Yeah. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> okay. I have, I have that effect on people. <laughs> no, because it's fascinating. You don't want to interrupt. You're like raising your hand. Oh, my kids don't raise their hand. They don't even hear my voice anymore. yeah tell me about it okay so wait big kitchen co, co- kobe co- kobe kobe mm-hmm. kobe i gotta say it right yeah kobe. big kitchen in chabad there well it's not a chabad it's an old um the it's, a, it's an iraqi the... congregation right it was started by um I was the iraqi i was in tokyo you were in tokyo right. okay so in kobe it's a small shul um, the when we got there, this was like 22 years ago. When we got there, it was already the community was much smaller. A lot of them had left. So, um, but it was like an Iraqi congregation, a Sephardic congregation. But they they knew my husband had done a lot of travels in the Far East, so they knew of him and they wanted him to. They didn't have a rabbi at that point, so they wanted that, him to come that's and lead. Fascinating in 96. itself. Yes, in '96. That's when I moved. That's crazy. I was pregnant with my first. I, I was also. Amy, oh my crazy. gosh! I was also I pregnant with my first. <laughs> that's, crazy. that's crazy. Oh, how weird is that? We were there together 22 years ago, and I visited years. Tokyo when when I was there. Yeah. Oh, that's so small crazy. world happening right here. On yeah. The wow. Network. We find out we were both in Kobe, Japan, and 22 years ago, pregnant with our first children. Yeah. Coincidence. Wow. Never, never I coincidence. think not. Hashkacha <laughs> Pratis. All <laughs> the way. And now you're together again right here at <laughs> Nachum Siegel. There we go. Look what... And granola and challah brings us together. Who knew? <laughs> and me. <laughs> and always Naomi. <laughs> okay, so 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 you, you started off in Japan and then... Yes. So I made my first um, batches of challah then ever. You talk Ali. And I was hooked. I was hooked. I loved it. I felt so accomplished, and everybody, yeah, please eat the challah while I'm talking. That makes me so happy. <laughs> Dip the pretzel challah in the mustard. That's the way to eat it. Okay. Oh, so I've Naomi's got the mustard. hogging the mustard. I'm, I'm hogging the mustard. <laughs> <laughs> so that was it. I was hooked, and I really, you know what? My mom always made a beautiful Shabbos every week. Where did you grow up? up? In Vancouver, British Columbia. Do you hear her Canadian accent? Do I, I don't have a no, Canadian accent. You do not, actually. I've lived in New York for 25 years, so. I live in New York for it, 26 years. Hello. Yeah, but Australians like to hold on to their accent because yeah. yes. it's so cute. This one in particular. <laughs> Canadian accents are not that worth holding on to. It's not. Um, so, yeah, so I came back. My mom had always made beautiful Shabbos dinners. Where you couldn't buy anything kosher in Vancouver. You had to cook everything. But there was a bakery. Yeah, you have yeah, She never now. made. Now they do have. But does, growing does up. Does she still live there? Yes. Oh. Now they do have. Next but not. Go, I'm going to go visit her. You must. She would love that. Yeah. She's the ultimate hostess. I bet you she knows my cousin. I bet you she does because Vancouver is small. Okay, yeah. So she never made challah. She tried when she was first married. And I think there was like something involved, her mother-in-law, my grandmother, and she was making challah for them. And it was like this epic fail. And uh, everyone was trying to be polite, but it was really, really bad. And I think she was a little traumatized. And she never made challah again. She just always bought challah from then on. And, you know, I've actually encountered this so many times through my years of teaching challah baking. Yeah. People are scared of yep. challah. Yep. They're scared to make. They'll cook everything else. They'll be so adventurous. They'll try new things. And somehow people have a fear of the dough rising. And they're just, they just 
it holds them back. And that's what I love showing people how forgiving challah is and how easy it is to master and how there's nothing like a challah that you make yourself. I agree. I have not bought challahs. I, actually, the only challahs I've ever bought in the last 10 years are Yoni's pretzel challahs. I don't oh, know if yeah. you know, have you, no, have you ever had his? Good, no, Yoni's pretzel challah, he's been on the show. He makes outstanding pretzel challah, so a big shout out to you, Yoni. Um, but otherwise, I make challah in my sleep. In fact, I, d- I was going away last week for Shabbos. Yeah. And I did not have to bake challah. Right. And somebody asked me to do the 40 names, and maybe we'll talk about that whole thing. Yeah, sure. Because sure. that needs demystifying a little bit. Yes, sure. And where it came from and all that. Um, it's for a name. If you get, gather 40 people together and they all make challah before sh- it just it doesn't have to be before Shabbat. Well, yeah, I'll, I can clear up right. any myths. And it's got a special power. <laughs> There's a lot of like uh, voodoo, as you said, right. surrounding challah. But they say if, you know, it really helps with the speedy recovery if 40 women, the, the power of 40 women 40. breaking bread because you make a, a, a bracha, a prayer, when you, when you break separate the, the dough. When you separate mm-hmm. the dough, when you bake the bread. That it's like elevates the the prayer level of, and you have someone in mind that's sick. If all forty women have one, significance of forty. Um, that that you know, the person has a, a, is, a quick, speedy yeah. recovery. It's like a really, or if they want to have a baby, if so, or you know, married. to get married, like it's so. It's it's really about healness and whole and wholeness. It's about healing and wholeness, I should say. Um, so yeah, challah is all about healing. It's a it's a spiritual bread, so it, it's 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 an elevated bread. It's sort of a recipe for elevated life, and um, challah has within it. You know, it's challah is really how we connect the mundane to the spiritual. How we recognize the presence of something greater than ourselves in every aspect of our lives. And you know, the dough is the staff of life, and this is like the most basic um, nourishment and and tool for our survival. And by recognizing that our sustenance is really a blessing from above and that not taking anything for granted, um, really appreciating the source of all our blessings, that really connects us to the source of blessings and allows us to draw those blessings down into our lives. So there's no magic or mystery about it. It's really the idea of connecting. And through connecting, we recognize that we're always attached to the source of all blessings. And we really allow the blessings to flow down through us. The but, idea of 40. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. So I, I think what, there's a little bit of like, this, so you know what? People it get needs to mystifying a little, a little bit. That yeah. and the Schlesselhalle. We have to talk about that. <laughs> well, I, I have all of this stuff in my book, by the way, because it's not just a cookbook. It's a book about challah. And it's what, what, the book of challah. We're going to come. Yeah. And I have, you know, all the um, all the skulos, which are like the omens that surround challah. There's, you know, every culture really has a lot of significance surrounding their bread because bread has always been the staple of survival, and it yeah. has so much significance in every culture, and particularly in the Jewish culture because of challah and the idea that we, that's how we begin our Shabbat meal. It's, you know, it's sacred. It's not just bread. Challah is never about um, just our own survival and our own sustenance. Exactly. We don't need anything else. That's what I tell people. I'm like, don't bother with all the other stuff. If you make good challah, they're not going to want anything else. I know, right? Some challah and dips, man. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Or in this case, challah and mustard. That's all we need. We're set. There's no point in, in filling up the table with other stuff. And and that's what I mean. Challah is the mitzvah. Challah is the high point of the of the Shabbat meal. So where were we? What were we talking about? Oh, the forty. The so forty. Why 40? 40, 40 is the number of transformation in the Torah. Anything, anytime we're trying to move from one state into another state. Forty weeks of pregnancy. Forty weeks of pregnancy. There you go. Moving Marble. from one. Forty exactly. Marble. The forty days. Forty days and forty nights of the flood. Um, Moses goes up for 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai to receive the Torah. The mikvah. The mikvah, exactly. Oh, you know it. She has it all down pat. There, There's so much. 40 is, anytime we go through some kind of radical transformation, the number 40 is there. It's the number yeah, I remember of turning 40. <laughs> yes, exactly. Radical <laughs> transformation. Not all of it great. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, 
Yeah, so there's we're, we're told that there's 40 days until the fetus actually is considered viable. Oh, I was just saying right? that also. Yeah, yeah, 40 yeah. days. So 40 is the number of transformation going from one state to another state. So that's that's where the number 40 comes from. But the truth is that 43 is really more Kabbalistically connected to Chala. The numerical value of Chala, and for anybody who doesn't know, um, each letter in the Hebrew alphabet is... Um, has a, le- so a chet, number that chet, corresponds to it. So, so Chet is eight, Lamed is 30, and Hay is five. Five. That's 43. Oh, okay. So there you go. I never thought about that. So 43 is also the word gum, which means also it's the, it's the word for inclusion. So when we want to create wholeness, Chala is there. It's part of healing and wholeness. It's inclusion. So 43 is really a more significant number that's connected with Chala. So next time they tell you to do 40 people doing something together, tell them, no, we need 43. 43. Three more people, Don, I gotta get Three more people. Oh, that's a new 40. 40. <laughs> I love that. 43's a new 40, people. I think it's 47 I'm gonna, I'm is the new 40. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know, I'm born My birthday's 19. coming up, so I'm going to go with 43 is the new 40. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can we make it 43 is the new 33? Yeah, yeah, let's That's do that. Better. Yeah, let's, okay. let's do that. Let's do that. That's good. Okay, so yeah, so so this, so can we, now we're on the demystifying and debunking the challah myth. Can you just tell me about um, the Schlüssel challah? The Schlüssel challah. And I know it's in the book as well. It's and in we're the book. Talk about I'm going to show book. you. We're going to dive have into a, book. Do we have a? Um, see, you have forty women. I have this about forty. Some say this should be done with a group of forty-three. See that Schlüssel challah. Here we go. What page? It's on page 330. So I've got my own copy here. I bought my own copy because I didn't end up taking the train in. Oh, my gosh. I drove in. Okay, good. It's too cold for trains today. Actually, yeah, it's too cold for everything. Unless you're a penguin. So I have a lot of sources for this part of the book. (laughs) Unless you're a penguin. I missed that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's good if you're a penguin. We might all turn into penguins by the end of this weather I'm going to look like a polar bear if I have this color in (laughs) front of me. Well, we have to pack on some some fat, right? Just to, like, keep us warm now. Yeah, yeah. I think that's legitimate. I'd I'd like my coat to keep me warm, not my (laughs) fat. Not gonna work. Don't get yeah. eating challah. That's what they say. On Shabbos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Today's not actually Shabbos. Okay. Because but- the idea is that when you're really spiritually connected, that everything that you're eating, that you're eating is not a physical thing. It's sort of, it's just integrated. Right. There's no waste. Nothing is wasted. It's just fully integrated. They say when the um, Jewish people were eating the manna in the desert, that they didn't, they didn't, every, what's a nice way to say this? There was no waste. <laughs> It was all perfectly integrated into their body. Like they a newborn baby. The, I'll say that's like a newborn baby that's breastfeeding. They didn't have to go to the bathroom. Right, exactly. That's what she's trying okay, to say. Okay, she's Australian. I she's less careful water. about these things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Canadian. We're very polite where I come from. Yeah, I'm Aussie. I just say it how it is. <laughs> you know, the British colonies, but different, yeah. different ends the of opposite. the earth. <laughs> yeah, remember, we started off as convicts. Okay. Exactly. But we digress. Okay. Uh, so, Schlichzuchala, which is the Schlichzuch. first... Challah that you make after Pesach. Exactly. And it's always, everyone got really into it. Yeah. And people are making challah more. And then it some people back it's now. A, people Everyone's are into saying it. it's a Vodazara. No, like no, it's, no. It's, can you like demystify no, that? Because people are really like, I think it's amazing if you can get people to make challah through either through the Shabbos project or yeah. or the Schlissel Challah Week. You're getting people to make challah. Don't like take away from it. No, actually, this is one of the only legitimate school of, Okay. And when I say legitimate, I mean like has real sources and goes way back. So the earliest recorded source for this custom is that we know of is in the book Ohev Yisrael, which is by the Aptarov, Rabbi Avram Yeshua Heschel. And so he actually speaks about this as an ancient custom. In his book, he talks about this custom as being an ancient custom, and he offers various Kabbalistic um, interpretations for it. Um, we're told that after 40, um, he, he writes that after 40 years in the desert, we continue to eat manna until the first Passover in the land of Israel. And that's when the manna stopped falling. So that's when we had to start um Growing our own sustenance, growing our own food, worrying about our sustenance for the first time. So um, from that day on, 
they were eating food that was grown in the land of Israel. And therefore, um, they, would, they started to pray for their sustenance. They started to ask for the blessing of sustenance to come down. So that's why we, the, the idea of the Shlisel Chala, which is a key, Right, so either people put a key on it, or they do it in the shape of the key. Yeah, I do both. I put one right. color has one key. Wrapped right, in if you're Ashkenazi, you do it like every way possible, just in case. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> we want to cover all, all our, our bases. bases. And the other one, the other OCD color Ashkenazis in a key. <laughs> and everyone's showing all their beautiful pictures on Instagram. Like you can't yeah. bake a challah without taking a picture of it. No, no, God forbid. I think it's part no. of the bracha now. Yeah. <laughs> Joking. We have new we have new traditions starting right here. Right, we make take a, a new picture of your challah. Um, so so they started praying for sustenance. So this the idea of the key is opening the gates of sustenance. So we pray that the gates of sustenance are open. Um, another source is um, in the Mishnah, which is that we're told that we're judged on the grains um, on Pesach. Pesach Rosh Hashanah were judged on general livelihood, and in the holiday of Pesach were actually judged on the grain, on how much grain we're going to receive that year. So our food, our sustenance. So as soon as Pesach is over, we mark that by doing the Shlisel Chala. So there's a lot of there's different a lot sources. of different sources. So it, it and is, a, it is yeah, a thing. no, it's authentic. That one's one of the real authentic uh, you know, like traditions. People are saying it's this Easter bread. This yeah, bread. I'm like what. No. You know, if you yeah. want to serve Hashem and make bread or yeah. something, like, just go no, for it. No, no, no. It. It's real. It's it's real. It has real um, has real sources. There's also a Sephardi custom where they sprinkle grain in the corners of the house right after Pesach. <gasps> and after you've just cleaned your house. No, no, no. It. It's dirty after Pesach. By the time you're There's done with Pesach. There's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> everywhere. So they sprinkle the grains also to the idea of you know, bringing down the uh, the blessing for sustenance into your home beginning. And, you know, if you think about Pesach as being a time when we sort of cleanse from all our grains, it's like we're starting fresh again. So I like that. Yeah. Okay, so you go. heard it right here on the <laughs> Nachum Siegel <laughs> Network, all about Schlüsselkala <laughs> and the power of 40. And let's da- dive now into your book. Well, yes, So how let's did do this it. book come to be? How did this book come to be? You I'm know, holding up the book. You know, after the book came out and everyone started to ask me that question, I was like, whoa, I really should go back to the beginning and figure out why did I do this? You know, sometimes you just get so into the project and going back. Well, it was a progression. It didn't I didn't start off saying, oh, I'm going to be the person who writes a book on challah. But I was teaching challah classes long before these uh Mega challah bakes became a thing. Right, that's only five years old. Yeah, it's pretty Shabbos recent. It's pretty recent, but it was funny because that—that's right when I started writing my challah cookbook, and I was like, "Ooh, I've tapped into something." Um, but I started teaching challah about fifteen years ago. Uh, we moved out to uh, be the rabbi and rebbitzin of a community in well to start our own community. We're Chabad. This is what we do. Pioneers. I love them. So, um, well, I wasn't too adventurous. Starting off in Kobe, and then I was, <laughs> I said to my husband, no, 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 we got to go somewhere they speak English, and there's not temples on every corner. Okay, I, I, I don't think this I've is I've been for to me. Vietnam. Yeah. You should see what the Chabad yeah. in Vietnam has got to deal yeah. with. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. The Chabad in, the Chabad in Bangkok is yes. unbelievable. I was it? just there a few months ago. It's amazing. Oh, my God. Five-story inc- building. Yeah, it's they incredible. They serve it. you food. And it's, it's like they, they keep the prices the same as the street food so that everyone can keep kosher there and you don't have to. It's an easy community to live in. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have it easy. No. No. In COVID, have you been I to had Bangkok to make the challah. Have you been to Bangkok? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing there. It's amazing. So, yeah. So that's Chabad. So we went out and um, started this community. In? And tell in them where Park you are. Slope, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, there's a need in Park Slope, Brooklyn. So it's actually, we're in Borum Hill. If you're not familiar with Brooklyn, it's all the same. So I just say Park Slope because that makes it easier for people. Um, but yeah, I started, so we, we had these huge dinners every Friday night. And this was how we met people. And it was beautiful. And at the end of every dinner, I would get at least five to ten requests. Please teach me how to make challah. Because everybody would go wild over the challah. And how do you do this? And how do you make challah? And I would say, okay, come over next Thursday and we're going to make challah together. And that's what I started doing. And the word got out 
and people that we hadn't seen for ages would suddenly come out of the woodwork to learn how to make challah. I won't name drop, but there were celebrities who came to learn. I live name in park. drop. No, I won't Please. name drop. Oh, you can't. But you we have. Get into yeah, trouble. I'll get into. But we live in Park Slope, so you know, highly overpriced neighborhood. You'll get celebrities, and I had. I mean, I had incredible. Um, visitors come popping in for these challah bakes. And I started having this waiting list that was six months of waiting to come and bake challah. And it's like, I'm onto something here. People <gasps> need this. There's such a hunger to go back to this authenticity, to to make your home a place but, that smells like challah. But, you know? but bread is becoming general. Yeah. making bread. Like I make yes. sourdough bread now. Yeah. Okay, I'm already a baker already, right? I'm already a shit. But, but no, people, I have sourdough. I demystify it in my in my cookbook. I have right. sourdough challah. But people yeah. people really, really, really are, are getting into bread yeah. baking. They may yeah. not or or dough. Do you, are you finding that also? Um, that that people love to make their own. There's something I don't love desserts. I'm yeah. not a big dessert. I don't make cakes. I don't. But bread or yeah. yeast cakes. There's something that touches the the soul. The neshama yeah, is, is with is. bread. It is. It's true. And then challah is like the next level because bread is just your basic survival and challah is elevated. Shabbat survival. Yeah. It's a way to bring soul into our food, into our homes. And when your house smells like challah, it smells like Shabbos. It right. smells holy. That's it's good. the best. It's it, to, to walk into a home that smells like challah. You know, there's nothing better. So I was... You know, I every and every time I taught the class, I I was finding so you know once you get into something, you everything is connected, and I started finding so many parallels with challah and life and spiritual elevation, and I was just collecting and collecting and writing. I started a blog because every week when I would well, need what's your blog? TheRisingLife.net. Oh, TheRisingLife.net. So go check it out. Um, I've been a bad girl about posting lately, but oh, wait, I got I've, busy I've, with other things. I've done two posts yeah. in a year. I'm just saying on my w- oh, actual good. website. Someone's worse than me. <laughs> right. I'm terrible. Do you have a Yeah, but uh, you're, busy on, you're busy on other. Uh, uh, right. So yeah. other platforms. Yeah. Right. Other platforms. But, but I found exactly. like my website's kind of. Have you. Uh, you yeah. Because Amy, I feel like. That? Beginner at this still. But I feel like websites are already the past. Right? Is that crazy? Right. If you I say know. you're a blogger, that means yeah. you have an Instagram account. Yeah, exactly. People are like, what's the Instagram account? I'm not even going to go that's bother how, to check out the that's site. That's how Melinda yeah. Strauss, like she changed it from Kosher Food Bloggers Conference because you like, basically had yeah. a blog or website right. to Jewish Food Media because right. a blog is not just a in- internet right. anymore. It's your, it's on your phone. It's Twitter. It's Right. Facebook, and that's the Instagram. immediacy, you know. To go on to a blog is already more of a commitment. You're going to sit down. You're going to read something. It's a little more commitment. But so I started every week, you know, when I was kneading. And there's something about kneading. It really gives you this time to just be mindful and conscious. Everything else in the kitchen is sort of rushed and you're running around. But when you're kneading that dough, you really have to be present. And I found that all my, you know, my thinking, my inspiration would happen at that time. So I would go straight from the dough to my keyboard. was not good for my computer. But, um, you know, I spent a lot of time in the Apple store. <laughs> but need, that was... <laughs> computer. They were like, what do you do? <laughs> you know when you give the people in the Apple store that genius? And they've seen it all, you know? So I wasn't even embarrassed. I give them my, my laptop and they're like, what do you do? Why, <laughs> why is there dough in your keys? <laughs> I was like, I don't want to lose the inspiration. I have to go straight from just the say, dough. I'm a chef. You can get away with a lot. <laughs> so that's what I was doing. And I, it was just growing. It was rising. So <laughs> that was it. So I had to do something with it. I had all this great stuff. I started off by writing a book about challah, with, just with my classic recipe. Um, and it was a huge hit. People really loved it. And I was getting these requests from these mega challah bakes for 500 at a time, 1,000 at a time. And I realized that if I really wanted this to get into every home and be able to inspire people everywhere, it had to be a beautiful cookbook because that's and, that's and how you get into someone's and home. And beautiful it is. Who's your, who was your stylist? Okay, so I am it's, a graphic designer and an artist. So I was my okay. own client. Okay, I, yeah. I see. I, I yeah. see it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, Honey I, Applebaum also. She's a graphic artist. That's her original training. Honey. Yeah. She's is she? Yeah. Or a photographer. She's a graphic. Oh, I, I think didn't she know started that. As, I didn't I, know that. Honey, correct me if I'm wrong. 
She started off as graphics and doing web design and all that, and that's okay, how she was able know to that. transition into what she did. And you see that she's creative, and yeah, I she's cannot amazing. wait to see her book. Her cookbook is going to be amazing. I'm yeah. speaking to her a lot about it, and really excited for it to come out. But your your pictures are so you did so, your own styling. Okay. So I did the styling, but I I well I did it with the photographer. And I was a little bit crazy. You know when something is your baby? It's like nothing is too much for your baby, right? Of course. This book was my baby. So I We actually, spoke about that, right? Yeah, I brought in a photographer from Portugal because I was following her on Instagram for two years. And every time she would post a picture, I was like, my vision. Like nobody, you know when someone just gets your vision? I was like, that's exactly what I want. So I brought her in. And put her up. She had an adventure in Park Slope for two weeks. And we shot that we had the best time. So that was uh, the adventure of my, my photo shoot. I, I love, I love, I mean, your photos are really, really like beautiful. beautiful. And really beautiful. You know, after yeah, putting thanks. together a book and I having such a talent, I got to work with Miriam Pascal. So oh, talented. she's great. That I got to see, I've got to see like behind the scenes. Right. Like, literally Isn't it watching amazing? my book, my baby. <sighs> But this is so amazing, and you have little sketches, and you have yeah. the flower across the table. Yeah, and then I went, and because I couldn't leave well enough alone, I had to go and design every single title by hand <laughs> and do all this hand hand photography, uh, typography. Just You drew this? Yeah. Well, I didn't draw the illustrations. I had someone do the illustrations, but I did all the titling. Um, and the, um, the section, yeah. And every section, actually, um, every title, every section of different chalas um, has a, a hand-done titling. Oh so if I wanna, you see, like, um, we're, we're all flipping the through the book here in yeah. the studio. I love this Tubishvat chala that you have a picture of yes, in the book. Yes, and I brought spread. one for you can, today because that's the next holiday coming up <gasps> is Tubishvat. So this one actually was a really hard recipe to develop. Because I wanted to get all seven minim, the seven fruits of the land of Israel, which we celebrate and we we make blessings on on Tu Bishvat. Um, and Tu Bishvat is coming up. Is it a month? It's a little less than a month. Oh well, no! When the, when they <clears throat> listen to this, so it's, today this no, is airing. It's a little, no, it's more than a month. No, it's. It, I'll tell is you it? when it is. It's January thirty no. first. January thirty yes. first. Yes, it's January thirty first. You're okay. right. And everyone yeah. is listening to this. I'll give the today's date of today's air it's a date. Tuesday night is January. Today's 30th. air date is January twelfth. So it is two and a half, two weeks. Right. Two weeks. January thirty first. Tubishva. So this recipe was. I said I have to figure out how to get all seven without it being gross <gasps> and actually with it being delicious. Let's, like it has to be special. Right. So let's count chita. So wheat, wheat was easy. Obvious. That was easy. Yeah. So I did a whole wheat so you'd feel a little bit more of Texture, the... Texture, uh, You know, yeah. you feel the wheat more. Um, Do you want to open up the dates? dates? Oh, wait. Barley. All right. So I'll tell you what's inside. Dates. There are seven species. Wait, Sheva Minima, seven species of Israel. Israel grows seven different species that are very holy to us. So they are the following. So they are wheat, barley, um... Dates, grapes, pomegranate, fig, and that that one. what am I missing? Pomegranate? And we said pomegranate. No, we said pomegranates. Barley. Barley. Dates. No, it's... Um, oh, come on, Instagram. Wait, wait, wait. Come on. Figs. Wait, no, what's okay. in here? I know minim, it. Minim, I know here. it. Oh, olives. 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 There you go. Olive olives. oil. Olives. Okay. Uh-uh. Okay. So I did. It has olive oil, Ceylon date syrup, which is amazing. If you've ever used that to sweeten, when they food, say the land of milk and incredible. honey, they don't mean bee honey. They mean, mean date, date honey. honey. Exactly, it's date honey. And oh my God, if you've ever picked a date off the tree in Israel, I've not. I've never date done it. Drip. My mom is Israeli, so I've spent my childhood hearing her cry about how awful the fruits are outside of the land of Israel. It's actually true. When you grow up and you can pick a dripping date off the tree you know nothing else compares so so yeah so date syrup which is amazing and it also gives this like caramelized um you know brown golden throughout this challah so it's beautiful i have a fig paste filling which is amazing so this is like the fig newton of challahs yeah it's Ah. so good it's so good so i make this fig paste and i have the recipe in there Oh, I forgot to bring you. I had a jar of it. Okay. Of what? I'll give it to you another time. The fig paste. I made you a oh. jar of it. Um, 
So you fill it with that fig paste. I have barley flakes and pomegranate arrels on the top. And I'm gonna hold and this up raisins the inside. So that's the okay, so that zoom in on this. But you know what? We have to slice it because you have to see how gorgeous it is when you slice it open. There's these swirls of the fig inside. It's so pretty. We are not going to slice yeah. this open. <laughs> not on the radio. We're gonna. We're going to do it <laughs> on Tubishva for our Tubishva oh, show. Oh right, and it freezes great. We you are going to have a crazy amazing Tubishva show, and I love that you bought everything in baskets. Where'd you get these baskets? I, I, I spend a lot of time in home goods. <laughs> it's, it's dangerous. My, I well, you know what? I said that or therapy, so it's much cheaper. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Depends when on I, your therapist. <laughs> when I when I go to home goods, nothing's cheap. Yeah. I can I went well, to my, can, it is cheap. You can get these baskets for like I, five dollars. Oh, okay. I you went know? to my friend's store in Monsey one tabletop. We had her on the show two weeks ago. Everyone go follow her, check her out, because I went up to her store in Monsey. She has such beautiful things. She doesn't have baskets. She has, like, tableware. Yeah. So for your Tubishvat table, yeah. oh, my oh. God, you can go crazy buying beautiful dishes and colors and vases oh. and floral arrangements she oh organizes. Like, oh, my God. Wow. So everyone go check out One Tabletop out there in Pomona. And if you mm, – she, she always tells me that t- when you talk about my store, tell them they get um, – Hundred dollars free shipping over a hundred dollars. So oh, big shout very out. She nice. always does that for very people nice. Who one tabletop, to one tabletop. Very nice. Sounds exciting. Yes, because I, I love, love these things. I love my table. I love the presentation. Pretty. It's all about the presentation. And look, look how beautiful you just made yeah. that look. That's and just stunning. putting it in a basket. That's, right, that's like I would have bought it wrapped <laughs> in silver foil in a gourmet glut bag. Right. Look how you did it. <laughs> it's got to be in a basket. It's got to be in a basket. Chal in a basket. Classic. So yeah. So I did, I developed, you know, a recipe for each holiday. I have recipes from all over the world. I love the Yemenite one. Yeah. And then, right, there's I have Yemen- two Yemenite ones. Um, you know what? Oh, you also have pumpkin challah. I really was very um, careful. I wanted this to be a book about challah, not bread. You know, so it's not a bread book. It's a challah book. So I really researched the traditions, the challah traditions all over the world. Um, I wanted to know what do they serve. If you were in, you know, Iran... A hundred years ago, you know, what would they serve for Shabbat? Obukharian. Obukharian. I'm just looking. Right. I like the Persian. One. Persian, right. That's the Iranian. Um, I have, the, you know, the uh, the Iraqi pita. I have, and this is what they would serve for Shabbat. This wasn't just their everyday bread. This was their, you know, ceremonial Shabbat bread. So. Rachi, this is amazing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I this was a lot of fun, We this watched project. before the show started so we could yeah. get into the bread. Just as soon as Rachi right walked it. in, we ran and we washed and we <laughs> had some bread. So everything looks amazing. She has a babka there. Right. Um, That's another section in my book, what to do with the leftover dough or, dough right. or extra challah. I have all right. kinds of things. Because my batch makes extra. six challahs and I don't always yeah. need six, so I probably should make three or four challahs and two babkas, right? Oh, you probably should. I probably should. Maybe yeah. I probably shouldn't. You know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but if you're going to make a babka, you got to make two because oh, someone's going to be jealous yeah, if they no, don't get your babka. Make one and give one. I, I like, like to pita. do that. Yeah, yeah. The pita is great. It's not it's a pocket pita. pita. It's a Iraqi pita. So it's like a uh, stone-baked it's great. All right, Amy, you're up next, mate. Yeah. This is, uh, this, my, is, this, this is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. ZK, my chair is going down. I'm falling. See where the microphone is? Slowly, slowly. Slowly, slowly, my chair has sunk. So I'm going to stand up. Well, and here we are talking chair. about rising. Here we are. So. Rise, he rose me oh, up on the chair. <laughs> Amy, no, the color makes us rise. we've had Amy Turner sitting here. Right, Amy sitting in the studio Hello, with everyone. us and listening and tasting and talking and sharing with us. But I like being an audience. <laughs> but Amy, fun. you have your own story own and now story. you you get to share it with us. It was really nice meeting you back at uh, Kosher Feast and then Kosher Fest. I definitely feel like Thank I'm sticking again. <laughs> okay, doesn't matter. We'll, we'll push past. Okay. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Um, thank you for sending me your goodies and then getting to know you. Um, so let's talk about how, how you got into this. What's your, you know, so, MO? We all have a story, right? Yes. So um, We know you grew up in Japan or you lived in Japan. So, okay, actually, I grew up, uh, my father had a farm upstate. Cool. With cows and horses. So I was always um, in that natural, healthy lifestyle living. Um, outdoors. We had, we had outdoors. We had gardens. We had vegetable gardens. 
Um, I ended up moving to Japan. I was pregnant with my first. And again, always busy in the kitchen. Um, Not any kosher. There were no kosher restaurants there. No, I mean, we had Chabad. We didn't have Chabad yet. I was a Chabad at the time. Really? <laughs> That's amazing. So, um, what do you mean? You, 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 I wasn't Chabad, she, but you, I was, you stepped in as the Chabad Rebbitzin. Yes, I was. I was the Mikva lady. Amazing. I, was, I, I became everything overnight, and so did my husband. Amazing. It was like a one-man band. It's <laughs> so um, cute. And um, we had a few kids there, moved home, had a couple more kids, and um, January... 2006 my husband had gotten sick that was the beginning it's a good story though the the ending of okay, the story is good. great it's all good I like good stories <laughs> right my husband had gotten sick and i was pregnant with my fourth and i realized i needed to clean out my house from all dairy sugar and meat so um i met with a gentleman his name is bob spear and he is like um a guru of the macrobiotic world and he uh, taught me how to start cooking medicinally and clean for my husband and my family. So I kept thinking to myself, wait, how am I gonna be doing this? Like, I have kids, they have friends come over. How am I actually going to make food fun and delicious when really candy, there's nothing better than candy to kids, you know? Um, I was hit, so that was January. February, it was Purim. And I said, whoa, I really need to come up with something creative because I wasn't doing candy. Candy was no longer a thing in my house. Wow. And where so, are you at this point? So I'm um, six months pregnant. And Which country? I'm, Which country? I'm in America. I'm We're in New Jersey. In I'm back in the States. New Jersey, I've heard of that. I'm in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I'm in Englewood. And mm-hmm. I'm uh, trying to figure out exactly what to do for... And my kids are like, oh, let's do the yellow theme. Let's do yellow jelly. Everything was about theme, right? We still, yeah, we're still, still, we're still racking themes. our brains about Purim and theme. I also actually. Everyone wants to outdo each other with oh, the gosh. themes. And That's who's ridiculous. got the cutest? Who wants to look like they're not doing, like putting too much effort into it, even <laughs> though they're racking their brains all night, right? So I started um, making all different types of cookies and um, cakes and everything was, you know, made with maple sugar or brown rice syrup or, you know, sweet naturally. I then started um, giving out granola. I figured, you know, granola is pretty basic. People like granola, but I needed to um, make it more like a clumpy, clustery cookie. I figured if it's more like a cookie and kids can eat it and grab onto it, it, it could be a thing instead of, you know, just kind of sprinkling it. Yeah. So I started, I made like 200 baskets my first year, and I gave it out with berries and yogurt. I know you don't like yogurt, but... <laughs> Everybody knows I don't eat yogurt. I'm not selling yogurt. Everybody knows. <laughs> so, um, so it was about 6.30 in the morning. I woke up my kids, and I said, we have to get the shalachmanas out before Megillah, and we need to get it out in the morning so everyone can enjoy it for breakfast. Nice. So... Um, Were they it, into it? They... Everyone was into it. I started getting feedback from different families like, oh, my God, my kids now, they wait every year for your shalachmanos. They wait. They, they devour. They, they're all looking for the granola. And I was like, really? Like the granola, you know, made with pure maple syrup and all natural. And they were like, I don't know what it is. But my kids dive into that before the candy and before the sweets and before the cupcakes and before all that. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm on to something. And I found myself giving it away and not being able to keep up with the demand. All my friends were asking me, oh, do you have any extra granola? Did you make any extra this week? And I started, you know, um, it's just sta- it became a staple in my house. I started making it with, you know, in the winter with warm cooked apples. And I started grinding it up and using it as, um, you know, uh, crusts for pies Oh, that's and brilliant! Yeah, I started. You granola know, crust. Granola crust. Have you guys heard of that? So good. You yeah, guys like? No, I've never heard of granola. I crust. I would grind right. it in my food processor, <gasps> and I'd start it. You know, I, on Shavuos I would make a tofu cheesecake. It happens to be delicious, but I use oh, I have a cheesecake. Tofu cheesecake. Yeah, I great. would use it as um, in my spring form. So you don't. So wait, you're dairy free as well. Dairy free, sugar free, 
meat-free. And I have Shabbos company on a weekly, not every week, but I have kids at my house on a weekly basis. And I never made the announcement in my house. My kids never knew that I transformed my house. But I have to tell you, the granola and the cookies, it's basically the granola that I started making. That's eight some. Really became the focal point of... (laughs) Um, it's a it saved show. me. It's not a food. It just it's it happened to have saved me. It saved me from being able to give something to the kids and so their this friends. Is, look at this. It looks like a cookie, so but it's, it's granola. Like, it's like cookie. a cookie. Like, hold some. on. Yeah, yeah. What, oh, it's peanut, peanut butter. butter. Okay, peanut, peanut butter. butter. Okay. You take that one. So we have. See, I'm consistent. Yeah. I'm consistent. We have. Okay, so this is autumn crunch. This is more like I, a gingerbread. We're okay, changing yeah. the name to is gingerbread. Yeah, yeah. You gingerbread. This is gingerbread. This smells like. This oh, is gingerbread. So Thanksgiving in a box. That's it. Oh, I like that. Mm. That's a good name. And this is original. It's Mizonos. There's yeah. There's um. There's whole wheat pastry flour in there. But I am coming out with the, the gluten free. The professionals are talking to each other about flowers. Mm. Yes, the different <laughs> I like flowers. That. Um. Oh my god. So I've been. Oh, this is so good. So this is it. This is. You know what? We have peanut butter. I'm every two, three weeks. I have another flavor that I've been coming out with. (laughs) So good. I love crunch homemade. It doesn't taste like it came from a store or or a package. Uh uh. It's like it came out of the oven. This is so So delicious. How how does it say so crispy? So um, how does it say so crispy? Okay. Firstly and most importantly, I think the packaging. Really? Is crucial. It's a it's a very tight seal. I'm actually working on a different package because I'm getting I'm getting feedback that everyone so likes the clumps. Everyone likes the clusters. Mm-hmm. So I started making granola bark. And that's how oh. I'm gonna be selling it. I'm selling it in a wider container. Yeah, so you're gonna have bigger pieces. I'm yeah. loving that I'm, idea. I'm finding that I'm breaking that I'm mm-hmm. breaking it up mm-hmm. and oh, I, had that I don't need to break it up as much when so, I have I want to try a different one. Oh my gosh, this, this is happens really to be Danielle good. Renov's favorite. Shout out to you, Danielle. You Her got coconut. A few shout outs. Yes, my good this friend. Is, yeah. All right. She's oh great. Goodness. All right. So, um, what's this one again? So um, that one is coconut. Vanilla coconut. Yeah, I'm a big coconut vanilla coconut. Um, I have a hol- I was wait, reading wait, a halva. Oh, you have a halva. Oh, so I have a halva flavor. That's so wait, cool. Can you hear the crunch? It's so crunchy. I'm missing flavors. Can I just tell you one thing, Amy? Sometimes you have crunch and it's so crunchy and sharp it scrapes your mouth. Yeah. No, this This is crunchy and melts in your mouth with Mm -hmm. a good crunch. Yes. And that's what it's all about. This is amazing. I'm going to hold it up to the camera so everyone can see. It's so good. Is everyone watching me eat? Everyone's watching you eat. (laughs) No worries. I'm enjoying it so much I forgot that I was on camera. Can I just say this is an eating show besides being a talk show. This is so good. Yum, yum, yum. So I listen, there's so much you can do with it. I mean, you could really make a whole cookbook out of granola. Really? There's so much that can be done to it. Um, I've put it in little cupcake tins, and I've made little cups. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can put a scoop of ice co- cream, coconut milk ice cream, <laughs> non-dairy, sugar-free, made with brown rice syrup ice cream. Mm-hmm. Do you um, make that? I don't make it. What companies has I that? I don't make it. Um, oh, there's there's companies. Yeah, there's um. I didn't so know delicious. There's different. Oh, so ones. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that. There's um, and Lighten also. There's a, what's the name of the coconut one? I'm, I always have it. Is in that Lighten? Enlightened. There's a coconut ice cream that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, the problem is it's got sugar. Oh. Anything with cane sugar. Mm-hmm. So I try and buy. So what's ice your sweetener? Brown rice syrup. Um, maple syrup, coconut sugar. If if you were to give us some advice to say I'm a, I'm a mom I got a little kids some of my kids are big they got healthy on their own I didn't have to do too much and I'm overall pretty healthy eater what advice would you give someone who's looking to you know it's just January of new calendar year everyone's trying to get a little healthier what big piece of advice would you give them about you know if you're going to take something out of your diet or switch it up I would say refined sugar. It, it's such an easy substitute. I mean, take one sugar one, out. You could substitute coconut sugar, brown rice syrup. All these sugars are processed differently in the body. Mm-hmm. And you know, we all talk about being the best moms and being the best moms. And it didn't hit me 
until sickness came into my home. And thank God everyone's healthy and everyone's great. Thank and God. It's, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. But at the end of the day, you know, we work so hard for our families. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take that much more effort to make one little change. One little change. And we're all cooking. It makes it, it takes an effort to cook. No matter what you're cooking, right. there's effort. So what? So if you were going to take so, sugar out, you would replace it with, say, maple syrup? Maple syrup, maple sugar, and it has a delicious flavor. It's more expensive. It is. Right. But yeah. we're all spending a little extra yeah, well, on what it is that we love. Worth, yeah, that's worth spending on. Right? And for Shabbos and for special treats. Mm -hmm. Kids come to my house now and they're eating popcorn. They're eating tortilla chips with salsa. They're eating nuts. They're eating dried fruit. Not the dried fruit with the sugar. Can I I just tell you something? When when guests come to me for Shabbos, um, they'll bring like a candy platter for my nuts. After lunch, I always leave the platters on the table for the kids in the afternoon to snack on. And I always have cut up fruit that I make. So if I leave out a nash platter, candy platter, and a fruit platter, the fruit platter will go, oh. and the candy always stays, because we feel like why is it ki- that we have it, right? Like, right. why do we need that? The nut, the kids don't even like it. It's so full of junk that I call fruit God's candy, right? He it made is. something sweet that's right. dessert, and right. he, you know, but but you know that those candies from like Listen, they I love think- the fruit. They love the fruit, but we, we get platters, we get candy. I mean, my house is full of kids at all times. I take the candy and I put it in the basement. And if the kids want to go down, candy is second fiddle in the house. Mm-hmm. You want candy, go to the basement. Be a little mouse right. and go get your candy. <laughs> right. But, I, it's but I think that's moderation. the healthy way because I'm if not, you forbid anything, it becomes, the kids you know, sneak it in. the forbidden. Yeah. My, if I said no granola. Yeah. <laughs> But the truth is, this granola. You don't have to I say no. They're about, just going to beg for it. I don't say this is healthy, delicious so granola. Right. I mean, all the kids love it. They love it. It's amazing. You know, you can. They eat it for breakfast with milk, with almond milk. You right. Know, it's so like I would live on this stuff. I'm thinking. Do you I sell it, it in stores? stores? I put it on my Instagram. Really? I'm very new to Instagram. I have to start posting. Oh, Amy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna you're doing you. a great job. I'm working you on it. You just started. Listen, every you're day. doing very nicely. Absolutely. Listen, I love follow. Go follow granola <laughs> chicks right now. Right now, granola grab your phone. chick with no C, by the way. That, type, type, with no C. With, with no, no C. C. With yeah, no and C. then Rocky Pinson right here. At Rocky Pinson. Nachum Siegel Network. Make sure you're following us. Yes, I know you yes, already yes. all follow me. I know. I know. <laughs> but I really, I find it's that I, rep- I represent. I represent all of us. I represent the moms who yeah. want to yeah. feed their kids healthy. And mm-hmm. how often are you trying to feed them the vegetables and whatever else? You yeah. know, this is yeah. just as yeah. yeah. I want to know, and I, I hear these questions coming through the radio, radio waves. Where do we get your product? Okay, so I am now at Gourmet Glot. Woohoo! I'm at Gourmet Glot in Cedarhurst. That's my yeah. store. I'm uh, in Julio's Where's in uh, Teaneck, New Jersey. Oh, good. I started with them. Um, I'm at uh, Grandin Essex in Bergenfield. Do you have a distributor? I'm working on that and changing. I was, I'm actually thinking about you help, helping me out. Ooh, I'm Rocky. actually changing my label. Yeah. I, I would tell you not, you know, granola, you think of the stuff that you sprinkle on yogurt. But this is, this is like granola bark this is, actually is a better name for it right. because and this is. And I like is, the name bark because it's right, like an early, right. right. You're not going to change your name I'm granola chick. Because that's but, so you. No. Yeah, but that but could be the company say, name, not the product name. Right. Agreed. But I have to say that yeah. I did come out this week in my testing kitchen. I Where came is out, that? Um, yeah, your kitchen in Englewood? Or you actually have a testing kitchen? I have. I Well, I bake out of a commissary. Ah. And I have to, you know, give kudos to Kenny Yeager at Five Star Caterers. Sure. He's excellent. And he has given me space Teenic, in right? his facility in Totowa. Oh, okay. But it's a... It's, um, I feel like they're a team. It's in Totowa, New Jersey. Okay. And um, so awesome. I have, I'm working on uh, low calorie. This is 160 calories a serving, which is absolutely not crazy. No, that's not crazy. How much is a serving? A, a serving is a, is a quarter of a cup. It's almost like two cookies. Right. Okay. Right. It's almost like eating two cookies. Yeah, you can have that with but, your coffee and yes, that's, that's absolutely. great breakfast. But I find that, you know, people like to eat the tub. 
So I'm coming up with we are like Ameri- portion control. We are Americans after like all that super ice cream, <laughs> that ice cream that's out there where they give the calorie for the tub. Yeah, you're gonna do that for that. I'd like to do that. But mm. have you have you thought about doing single serve snack sizes like the hundred calorie packs? Yes, I have. Um, I I'm and working I love now with a gentleman who he actually has a machine that pumps out those little bags with zero effort. Right. Yeah, um, I, I like the hundred calorie pack because I would literally keep one in my any, bag. Keep there's one in no the... clusters though. Then you're losing your cookie. But I'm. But Trying to figure out like that's a little, okay, though. Yeah. Right? You want like it's something to nosh and get. Yeah, grab. that would yeah. be a great you know, thing like to a, have in your bag. Yeah. Like I know I quite often eat breakfast on the railroad when I'm coming into the mm-hmm. studio. I take yeah. my coffee. I live up the block from the train. Take my coffee with my cup of, you know, with my lid, and I'd like one of your granola hundred packs, and I eat on the train while I'm coming Absolutely. to the Lower East Side. So I'm working on um, a high protein, a high protein locale. So if I do something like that, it'll have like. 15 grams of protein, so you feel like it's a meal replacement. Right. Full. Right. Full. Right. Excellent. So that's what it's that's about. Excellent. It's also And about gluten-free. You're going to do gluten-free, right? Gluten-free I'm working on now as well. Just yeah. um, it's pricey. Yeah. Really? Why? The, the flowers, the right? Flowers. The flowers. And the gluten-free oats. Why is that? expensive. I need to know what. Do you know why? It's definitely It's gotten better. It's gotten better. Maybe I could get some information. Yeah, you guys you. can all chit-chat. Right. This is a networking yeah. meeting um, here today, yeah. right? The Bob's Red Mill makes such a good one, but that's true. very pricey. Yeah, very pricey. I, I've made like one bag. Even spelt is crazy mm-hmm. money. Oh my! Testing the um, recipes for the gluten-free challah in my book—that was the most expensive <laughs> recipe <laughs> testing. Yeah. I, I had to go through a lot of that stuff. It was really listen. You know, we we spend money, and you know, yeah, the, the latest sweatshirt, the latest yeah. this, a little extra. On yeah. your I'm kids with you. and your family. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, our health is nothing else I matters if we don't have our that health. I came out with, with lots beet. of antioxidants. It's it's nice. a it almost looks like cherry. And the oh, kids which one? De- a beet flavor. The kids oh, devoured beet. it. Amazing. Wow. Is it and it's red? And it's red. That's fun. And it's excellent. I'm, natural red. It's a natural red. It's beet sugar. That is very cool. I've never beets seen are that. Huge now, right? Everyone's Be- beets about beets come back. Beets were so like yeah. Beets were borscht in Australia. In Australia, <laughs> right? We eat a lot of beets in Australia. We call it beetroot. Right. We put a pe- slice of beetroot into your hamburger. Like it's very Australian oh. to do that. Oh, interesting. But but otherwise, like you didn't really, you know, people didn't really do much. And now beets are so. Beets in, are. I make beet hummus. Yes. And beet slaw, and it just there's so and much chocolate going on. cake is made with beets. It gives it that red velvet. There's so many natural oh, wow. fruits and vegetables ah, out there idea. that are used in baking. Could avocado. you use beet juice in your challah to make it pink? Probably beet That's powder. Beet Probably. powder. You can buy beet. And does powder. it have a flavor? That's very cool. It's sweet. It's a very mild flavor. Ah, beet powder. Everyone look out for some beet challah. I actually got a request. Have you heard of these, like, these Barbie lawyers? These, these, like, two Orthodox Jewish girls who, like, wear all pink. And they're these, like, high criminal lawyers. Anyways. Never heard of them. They're criminal defense. Anyways. So I got a call from this producer that they want to do uh, this show. And they want me to make pink challah with them. I said, seriously, pink challah. But... Are they real lawyers? I I was like, yeah, they are. They're, They're interesting characters. But... That is, wouldn't that be Great. funny? Beat, there's an idea. Pink. That's well, how we can I get it pink. I just have to say, I think it's <laughs> ironic that you have chosen the challah baking queen here with me because that was the whole beginning of my healthy lifestyle. The, you know, when my, husband, when my husband was diagnosed, thank God he's fine and healthy, I started baking challah immediately. Uh-huh. And I changed over my so house. So interesting. Those were you're you... here with me. That's so interesting. And you're asking me how I got started, and it's all right here. You know, I knew cool. you two would That's be a incredible. good match. There you go. This is amazing. And the whole Japanese it's thing. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. No. So, do you have a girl or a boy in Japan? Oh, I had two boys. What was your oldest? Um, Benjamin. A boy. Benjamin. Yeah, I had so two he's twenty. There. So he's twenty. He's twenty-two. He, sorry, he's 20. 21. He'll be 22 in April. Okay, so my daughter's turning My daughter's there. turning 21. Not in Japan. I also have a kid the same age. Oh, really? In 97? And, and mine I was born. I'll have a child in 97. 96. I had 96. <laughs> so my two boys were I was a little earlier in my pregnancy, in I guess. Aiku Bioin. Where were yours born? Mine were, no. Oh. Vancouver and New York. Okay. 
one in Australia. That's, did oh, you? Yeah, yeah. My, my second daughter's born in Australia. Guys, it's a wrap today. Oh, we could go on all day. Incredible. Wow, <laughs> I am blown away. What a day have I had today. We have a giveaway. Oh, my God. Giveaway, quick. The last one, taking one extra minute. We have a giveaway. Rocky's book. You want this book? Follow Rocky on Instagram, Nachum Siegel Network, and me. <laughs> or if you don't have Instagram, you can email me, Naomi, at NachumSiegel.com, and you can win, 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 uh, Rocky Pinson's book. So I hope you tuned in all the way to the end to hear the giveaway. This is Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. Um, we hope that you will stay listening to music right up to Lichbenching, sponsored by our friends at Kedem. Mark Zomik takes the air right now with music up until Lichbenching. Okay, I think I said that twice. Good job, Ez. Thank you.